I don't believe in God. I know God. I love me some Jesus. You're doing too much. That's crazy. <laughs> That's on the next episode. It's the moon reading. I rock with you, Yaya. It's all love. They better listen to this advice. We good. You crazy, girl. This is what this show is about, all right? We With keep the it real. real and real talk. The God in God talk. And that's a wrap. Thank you for coming out to a live recording of our podcast, Real Talk on God Talk. So today's Friday, September 13th, and you are listening or watching uh, Real Talk on God Talk, a podcast for people who skip church for brunch on Sundays. Yes, we are recording live, y'all. This is our very first live recording at the Congressional Black Caucuses 2019 Annual Legislative Conference. <laughs> Exactly. For those of you who don't know, uh, Real Talk on God Talk is a podcast community, and we explore spirituality and our relationships with God, um, but in ways that go beyond the restrictive and sometimes old-fashioned conversations of the church and academic-style theology. Yes, so we are a podcast for people who skip church for brunch on Sundays. Low-key, this is the perfect weekend for that. I've been skipping Eventbrite, and y'all have so many brunches happening. Yes, we in there. Y'all are our people. Yep. And uh, with Real Talk on God Talk, we basically bring the church to the streets and vice versa. Uh, no question and no topic is off limits. Politics, sex, pop culture. If y'all talking about it, we talking about it too. Yeah. Uh, we started Real Talk on God Talk to really cut through the BS. Um, when it comes to religion and theology, there were too many people faking and fronting. Um, so many of us are tired of presenting as if we're perfect one day a week and then spending the other six days a week floundering through, confused, treating our regular lives as if our spiritual lives don't matter. Yeah. So, let's so introduce ourselves. Yeah, girl. Okay, so uh, to give you all a little background about the Real Talk on God Talk community, uh, Real Talk on God Talk is a space where there's no separation between the secular and the sacred. God is everywhere and in everything. So we were just like, let's talk about it. So I'm Yaya. <laughs> My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm a Master of Divinity in Psychology and Religion from Union Theological Seminary. I'm a community organizer by day, <laughs> hot wife by night. <laughs> regular, regular, schmegula, Brooklyn girl who's full of magic. And I'm Truth, pronouns she, her, hers. I have a Master's of Divinity in Theology and the Arts. I'm an audio editor, and I rep Brooklyn wherever I go. Yeah, so uh, you know a little bit about us. We want to get into the show. Uh, this is season two, episode one, Disorganized Religion, live from the CBC Foundation's Annual Legislative Conference. Make sure that you guys use the hashtags, hashtag RealTalkOnGodTalk and hashtag CBCFALC19 to keep the conversation going. So, uh, let's get a rundown of what to expect for today's episode. In this episode, uh, we'll be talking disorganized religion, spiritual development for the church, unchurched, and everyone in between. We're asking the real talk question of the week. Okay, so you're spiritual but not religious. What does that really mean? What does it mean to be spiritual but not religious, and how can we engage spiritually when the church may no longer be our center of focus? Yeah, so it's not really a secret that when it comes to millennials and Gen Z, 
the traditional church is really struggling. And more and more Americans aged between 18 to 35 are identifying as spiritual but not religious. And so what does that actually mean? And we'll also be taking you through the moon reading with Gaia, focusing on how to ride the wave of change by aligning your mind, body, and spirit uh, in time for September 23rd's autumn equinox. Yes. Okay, so, so let's get into it. Let's, let's do it. Let's get right into it. So, per usual, it's story time. Uh, last, our listeners heard from us. We were recent seminary graduates, broke, <laughs> jobless, <laughs> confused. Yeah. And so, we took some time off to pray, to get our lives together. And that has been good, good time off for us. Um, but y'all know us. We can't stay away from the Real Talk on God Talk community. So, we're still listening um, to our, our listeners, engaging. And I got a message from a listener who said she loves the show. Um, she listens to us religiously, no pun intended. <laughs> but instead of skipping church for brunch on Sundays, she actually, on Sundays, listens to Real Talk of God Talk, puts on some gospel, and cleans the house. And so she kind of like listens to Real Talk on God Talk as a stand-in for church. Ooh. Right. And That's I <laughs> I was flattered. That's a major compliment. But real talk is a lot of things. Church? I, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Right. So, uh, long story short, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So, I took it to my friends, like everything else in my life. And um, one friend said something that really kept rolling around in my mind. She's like, you know, for people who gave up on the church but are still seeking spiritually, Real talk is something, and something spiritually is better than nothing, you know? And she basically said, I don't need my spirituality to be labeled religion, and I don't need my spiritual community to be labeled church. Ooh. Okay. Right. And she went in. Right. Right. She's been doing some unpacking. <laughs> right. And so she's been doing the work unpacking. So yeah. I thought, let's take it to the real talk community. Let's take it to truth. And yeah, see, yeah. You know, what do you think about that? So yeah. what do you think? What's What's your relationship with Relationship with organized religions is I don't like it. Uh, okay, <laughs> straight up like that. Straight up like that. I don't okay. like it. Um, so for many reasons, I'd rather label myself as like a follower of Jesus than as a Christian. Okay. Um, because of like the ugly history of Christianity and the violence of it, and particularly uh, identifying as a, a Latina woman and also as a woman who's a lesbian, the church itself has done so much damage to my community. You know, by like mass killings, uh, separating families, and you know, so many homeless LGBTQ underage kids who then are, you know, picked up in sex trafficking rings, and then for the church to turn around and say, "Oh, but you're going to hell? Like really? For real?" <laughs> um, so I, I actually I do not have a good relationship with an organized religion or an institution. Um, so, but I agree with the teachings of Jesus. You know, love God, love your neighbor. Those are like two principles that I feel I can apply every day, mm -hmm. and that makes sense for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, do labels matter? I don't know. I think it depends. Um, I'm not gonna jump somebody, you know, down somebody's throat if they're like, "Oh, but you a Christian?" <laughs> you know, right? You're like, "Okay, okay I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool." But when I'm asked to self-identify, I say I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, oh, that, that's different for me. What about you? 
I would say that I am spiritual. I am curious. I pray, I meditate, I participate in ritual. But when it comes to organized religion, I feel like my personal, like, mm -hmm. real talk, I grew up in the Christian faith. I grew up in the Christian tradition. That is the heritage of my people, my ancestors, my mom, my yeah, grandma. Christianese. Right. I speak Christianese. The praises go up. The blessings come down. The whole God nine yards. Good all the time. Right. God's good all the time. I, I don't think I'll ever give that up. Yeah. Like, that's a part of me and how I was raised and also ethically. Yeah. Like, as you said, the, the, the teachings of Jesus, the parable of Jesus are so powerful. Yeah. My issue is what have people taken those teachings yeah. and done, and how does the institution try to control how I think? Mm. And so I feel like personally, my consciousness has gone beyond what a lot of churches have to offer. Yeah. Not every single church. Like yeah. I've been to many churches that are affirming that yeah. you know I can really get behind. But when it comes to Shakira, Yaya, do you want to call yourself yeah. a Christian? Right. At this point in my life, nah, not really. You good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I mean. I think many people nowadays identify themselves as spiritual, but not religious, but there's been a few studies that have been done. Um, in the 2015 Pew Research poll, they asked two questions. The first one was, do you consider yourself religious? And the second one was, do you consider yourself spiritual? And for the first time, a quarter of U.S. adults say they're spiritual, but not religious. So that's like one in four. Wow, um, so out of every four people here, yeah, one, one is spiritual. Yeah. And then furthermore, what's interesting about that study is that it had nothing to do with gender or race or uh, politics or um, education. It just had to do with age. Millennials and the Gen Z generations were the ones who answered that way. You know, so that's pretty interesting. Right. Yeah. So, you know, truth had me doing all my research. We were going deep down the rabbit hole. All the way and down. So I also found a 2016 Harvard Divinity School study. So they did a report called How We Gather. And they found something very interesting. What they said was that despite young people, 18 to 30, leaving organized religion, they're still avidly seeking. And so what they used was a term that young people were seeking non-traditional spaces to fulfill the functions that the church once did. And so it's like, you know, you once went to your pastor for pastoral care. Yeah. Where are you going to for that now? You once went to the church for a sense of community, for like that backbone. You know, where are young people going now? And so I guess like to so to kind of like wrap up a, like a, a clear statement like yes. what's going on. So basically, more and more people are turning towards the blanket term of spirituality, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so for y'all that can't see me, spirituality got the air quotes. I know my grandma. If I tell her, oh, I'm just spiritual, she's like, so you mean you believe in Jesus? Like, <laughs> He's a Christian, right? Yes. And so more and more people are turning towards the blanket term spirituality as an alternative to organizing. But with the freedom that comes from being untied from the formal church is also a feeling of untetheredness. Yeah. Young people are reporting kind of still feeling lost, feeling confused, not knowing how to orient themselves yes. to this new spirituality, right? And so where churches, mosques, synagogues, temples used to tell us how to be spiritual, how to become spiritually mature, how to do it, now we're asking ourselves, you know, where are we going? Where, where, where are we going? So I thought that we would talk about some of the places that we turn to. What, what do we do? All right, so I think um, that was a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that was a lot. That was a lot. So I think...
spiritual but not religious because are we are we talking about what are we talking about when we say spiritual and what are we talking about when we say religious right you know because sometimes people think that they're not interchangeable or that one has nothing to do with the other but that's actually the opposite right right i think a lot of people when they hear spiritual as like that blanket term they think of like new agey self-help books you know i can do it and just using the word spirit to encompass anything that's mental, anything that's not physical. Right. I take a kind of a different stance on that, where I would say spirituality for me is engaging with the idea that everything is connected. Okay. The things we can see, the things we can't see, and for me, I, I use the term God, I use the term divine, yeah. that guiding force makes itself aware to me through the spirit. Okay. And so yeah. that, that's kind of like... Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, um, where it's more like uh, spirituality, like religion is an expression of spirituality, but it's only like one expression of it. Yes. Okay. And so like religion tells you, how do I access right. this divine spirit? How do I access, you know, how do I become a closer communion with right. God, you know, Jesus, whoever your, your person is. Right. But spirituality doesn't necessarily need a medium or conduit. Gotcha. That's okay. how I how All I right, so then, um, how do, in this new age, then, <laughs> how do we de- develop spirituality without religion? Now that, that I, think, I think that that's the question that we're sending everyone home with right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's a, we can answer that here, but I think it, it starts with awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, as, like, we live in a world that likes to pretend like everything is matter, like everything is physical, only what right. can prove it matters. Only if it's not making me money or paying my bill. Right, right, right. Only what I can touch. Right, only yeah. what I can touch matters. Right. I think as people who consider ourselves spiritual, yeah. if we go forth into our daily interactions just with the awareness that what I'm doing affects other people, other things, yeah. what I'm doing, God knows and sees. Yeah. Like, really, not in just like, oh, I'm scared to go to hell. Type right, of right, right, right. But right. In, uh, what I do has an effect. Mm-hmm. I think that that is how you can develop and get kind of get closer. Yeah, well, I agree with that. It's kind of like um, my freedom is tied to, to how like liberated you are, right. right? And that's how I should see it, right? That's a, so my freedom is also attached to, you know, are the hungry being fed, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think that. So let me ask you a question, right? So according to my grandma, the answer to all of life's problems are in the Bible. And you know, I'm not gonna say she's wrong. Bible is not infallible, 
because I know man has already touched it. I know there's various texts that are no longer included in the Bible. Um, and, you know, we have the proof of that. But there's nothing to me, like, after being stressed out or be opening the Bible and, like, having that time. That you comfort. Know, right, that like comfort. And I don't know if it's just something that's familiar because it's something that I grew up with. Um, but I also see other sacred texts. So, you know, the Quran, um, Buddhist readings, um, music is a big thing for me. I, I feel music it can be a, something sacred. I feel the divine can speak to you through music. And I've, I've been, I've been like, that's my experience, and you're not going to talk me out of it, you know? <laughs> so that's fine. Um, so I don't see anything wrong with using it, but how, I have to be intentional with how I'm going to use the Bible. Right. I have to be very intentional because there's a lot of, there's a lot of ugly in it. And there's a lot of stuff that the church over its history has said, oh yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. Without actually looking at it like, oh, no, actually it's not, you know, like, stuff that the church doesn't talk about. Church won't talk about rape when there's rape in the Bible. Right. You know, that's a problem. We need to talk about that. Right. Because it shakes society, Right. you know? So, I, I think I'm with you. Similarly, like, I will always turn to the Bible as a rock. Yeah. In that, I think it's a powerful text. I Like, I, I, I'm hesitant to get into whether it's infallible or not infallible. It's just like the power of those words has been proven time and time again. And so I always turn to the Bible. I have my favorites. I love the wisdom text. Ecclesiastes, yeah, yeah. Proverbs, Proverbs yeah. you know, even Song of Songs. I love the Right. There are certain messages in yeah. there that are timeless and yeah. speak to me no matter what situation I'm in. However, on the flip side, where I'm not so aligned with turning to the Bible as a sacred text is using it as a direct one-to-one -one correlation as to what I should do ethically. Okay. I feel like, like you said, the Bible is the oral history of the Israelites turned into, you know, yeah. reading. And I feel like when I was younger, I could not understand how some of the things that were supposed to be like the people that were supposed to be the good guys right. in the Bible were the good guys. Right, right. Like for example, so Jacob and Esau, right? Yeah. So Jacob stole Esau's inheritance. Mm -hmm. And I just could not get it in my head. Like yeah. how is Esau supposed to be the good guy? <laughs> like, you know, morally, ethically. Yeah. Come to find out these are trickster stories. Yeah. In in a society where you're oppressed and you don't have access to resources, you can do the things that you need to do to get ahead and have it not be, you know, a morally bad thing. Right. And so those were like encouraging stories to the Israelites. And so understanding like the change in dynamic for me, yeah. I think I'm able to take what I can from the Bible and leave the more violent parts, the parts that mm -hmm. just I I don't think speak to me mm -hmm. maybe as a woman and as, you know, yeah. whatever. I can leave those parts as well. Gotcha. So, boom. we have how we approach sacred texts, mm -hmm. where we see the power of the biblical can canon, but yeah. we're not tied to it. Right, right, right. Where do you think people are going, young people, or where are you going when you're looking for inspiration, hope, comfort, in difficult times? Like, I think when we all gather on a Sunday, or whatever our day of worship is, mm -hmm. and a, a person of ministry is able to look at you and say, you know, it will be okay. Look at these texts, you know. Right. Here's your hope, your your peace. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find that. Like people, yeah. young people especially turn into social media so much can be isolated. Oh yeah. And so when we are going through issues, 
where once it was mandated to go to the church and right. that was your place. Now it's like, where, where are our places? Twitter. <laughs> like the, the prophetic voice is on Twitter. I don't care what it says. Like, oh, there's yeah. so many prophetic voices on Twitter. Okay. The, and I think for the younger generation, the new, news you will hear about it first on Twitter before it hits anywhere else. That's how, that one, that's the power that Twitter holds. So this is like, in terms of like, where young people were once going to church and they would go to church and get like some type of ethical accountability. Yeah, like you should that kind of voice. You're saying Twitter. Yeah, I think definitely Twitter. Um, there's a couple of people that I think we both know and follow. Um, at, at Ebony Janice, she does like mini sermons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also uh, Mia Shalimak and Yasmin Jonas. They're amazing. Like if you read their threads, how they respond to our political. Is 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 amazing, you know? They're and they're able to use like use scripture and and tell you like, no, this is actually this is what this is, right? You know, and I think that's powerful, um, because I, there's there's not many kids who are ready to do four or five hour services at church, right? We're not at that time anymore. We've been trained to not have that attention span, right? You know, we have videos that are sixty seconds, and they're supposed to grab your attention. Because if they don't, you're not getting views. Right. You know, we are literally trained that way. The kids three years old who get an iPad, you're trained to have a short attention span. Right. And so it's so a it's service it's for the, the next three hours. Exactly. So the church got to be able to do that. You know, the church got to be able to catch up and and move with it in order to continue to make an impact and, and help people. So when you said looking to Twitter for the prophetic word, I so much. I think one of the most interesting things is like I think as people that speak Christianese or Christians or people of faith, we look at prophecy mm -hmm. as like telling the future or even just morally calling someone out. Yeah. But it biblically prophecy is more than that. It's Absolutely. it's holding the society that you live in in contrast to God's law right. and divine law and in what and being willing to call out in what ways we fall short, mm -hmm. in what ways, and if we continue to fall short, how will the world look? Right. You know, it's not necessarily like a one-to-one, -one, like, oh, I'm telling the future. And so I definitely think right. Twitter is a place where, like, people are having their voices heard and really saying, if we continue down this path with climate change, if we continue down this path with, you know, xenophobia and immigrants, if we continue down this path with homophobia and transphobia, like how, what is going to happen to our society? And I, there are so many Christians, so many Muslims, so many spiritual and faith-based people on Twitter. Like yeah. I would say that that that's absolutely, and I agree with that. If we see anything about climate change, Twitter was talking about that years ago, and was talking that we would be in this exact same state that we're in right now, scrambling if we didn't move to it. Then, so here we are. So yeah, so. Where do you think that people go for hope, faith, and comfort? Um, I would say, I, and I think that this is a positive thing. I think that with, as a community, as a as a black community, you know, we are at CBCF, and so I do want to uplift as a black community. We have been raising mental health, yeah. and that is such a positive thing. And I think that a lot of times um, in faith communities, it can be looked at as either you're taking care of your mental health or you're dealing with your spiritual life and not as the two are married. And I think that now as young people turn
turn to their therapist to like clear their mind and help to you know make sure that they're okay and sane and well. Um, I, I just want to just speak that there's room to do both. If, if you're a person of faith and you've ever been hesitant to to seek mental health, you can find someone in your modality. You can find someone that is faith-based. You can find someone that deals with spirituality as modality. Yeah, so this, I think, therapy is one place. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's that quote, right? You can have Jesus and a therapist. Right. <laughs> right. You can have you can have the divine and the therapist. It's okay. Right. You know, and uh, furthermore, with that, I agree. Like uh, YouTube videos. You know, yeah. of meditation. Yeah. I, yeah, you love that. You know, I'm a YouTube girl. Yeah, I like them for um, like the meditation videos that have that nice soothing music. And so I think that's definitely a phase where when you're feeling anxious, it's something quick because it's accessible at almost anywhere that you can just throw a quick video on and just like relax yourself. There's also so many apps for meditation and for monitoring your breathing in anxious situations that are super helpful. No, that's true. I think that with technology, with the YouTubes, the Instagrams, the Twitters, I think it's allowing us to turn to other places for the faith, the hope, you know, those type of things. But also, something that people get in church that is hard to get out in society is a recognition of the unknown. You know, that, 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 like, that there's the physical realm and that there's the spiritual realm. And I think via technology, that there's so many outlets for that. As more and more young people start to explore um, indigenous and African-based religions as yeah. well, um, Instagram has been like a major resource oh, yeah. for me in terms of that. Like there's the Hood Witch on IG. Right. Um, there's a Instagram and podcast called the Awakened Life Podcast that yes. has been really helpful yeah. to like ground me spiritually and know that I'm not alone. Like right. you know, I I've chosen to step away from organized religion a yeah. little bit, but there's still a lot of people out there who are seeking similarly, you know? I think that's Okay, okay, okay. So as we kind of like move towards the end of our time, I guess I have like a personal question for you. I've heard the term that like we're in a post-church or post-Christian era. Now, as a woman who just spent thousands on thousands and thousands of dollars at seminary to get your master's in divinity, <laughs> right, who is a visiting preacher to many yeah. churches, um, what what do you feel about that? Do, do do you think you'll ever go back to the church? And do you think we're in a post church era? Or like, what do you what do you think? So, do I think I'll ever like go back, like find like find a church home, church home? Yeah, like, like you will, every Sunday being there. Yeah. <laughs> If I'm being completely honest, uh, when you when Chris asked me this, I think for me, the only time I see myself going back anywhere, like to a church, would be if I were to set up my own. And it would be because I would want to run it like a community center, because my community needs resources. You know, my community needs uh, physical things to live for life. Right, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Exactly. You must have food. Yeah, you exactly. must have shelter. Yeah, you know. The, the church to be a place, as the early church was, where um, if you were in trouble, you could go there and receive help. You know, and many churches still run right. that Cause way. Right, because that's not to take away from churches right. that are doing things, that exactly. are Exactly, that run that way, right. that run as a community. And, and perhaps that is why there is a part of us that's still tied to it, because I remember the churches that were run like a community center, that had the community in mind. Um, but do I think we're in a post-church? I think I think we might be a, a little 
that. I think that the church is moving in, in a direction where it is more inclusive, but this is this is where the church continues to run into issues, is that the church doesn't understand what inclusive actually means. Okay. And so we want to put up gay and trans banners and say, yeah, quote all. But your theology doesn't speak that. Right. You know, your rhetoric doesn't speak that. You know, the way you welcome me doesn't speak that. So I think the church has to really is in the in right now a, a space where they are taking a hard look at themselves of like well what do we mean by inclusive what does that really mean what what does radical inclusivity actually mean do we really accept or are we showing that in are we showing that in our staff are we showing that in how we pay people are are women all of the the, the youth and kids pastors like is right. there gender equity like Absolutely. how are you living out your faith. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's a major part of it. And I think I think the church is dwindling, but it is a, it is the church can be at a place where it can work with this generation. But I think it it needs to look at itself first before it does that. Because this generation ain't playing. Listen, <laughs> they ain't playing. So I'm a millennial but Gen Z they Gen Z is not playing. They're they not here have a short attention span. They are not here for it. They'll be like what what are you doing? And if it's not if it's not for me then they're on to the Some people do well with structure. Mm-hmm. I think that some people, like for all of the restrictiveness that one may feel being within a church or a religious um, uh, organized religion, yeah. the structure can be good. Like, yeah. for example, my husband would go to church every single week, like when we were dating. Yeah. And I don't think it was because that he, <laughs> he's an audience looking at me on I don't think it was because he necessarily was like a fanatic for church, but right. it helped to orient him on Sundays to yeah. say, this is a new week, let me start my week on a positive note, giving thanks to God, in God's presence with other like-minded people. So when I have kids, yeah. I might get back, yeah. like, to give them that structure that I was raised with. Yeah. Um, I think I will work hard to find a church that affirms my, my identity, mm-hmm. um, my political beliefs, my where I'm at in my life. Um, what I think the church, so I don't think we're in a post-church era. I think we could be if the church doesn't pay close attention right Absolutely. now. And like this. Right, like I think that. we're at a pivotal moment where it's like, we need more than praise and worship leaders who wear jeans and sing rock songs. <laughs> exactly. Like, people and are really, slang. Right. People are really confused. Yeah. Like, of how to deal with everything that's happening in the world politically, um, with how to deal with all these shootings, how to deal with, you know, all of the trans women who were killed this year, how to live with our neighbors. Like, yeah. people are confused. Like, how do we actually practice to love your neighbor? Right. How do you actually practice that? And so, if the church can step up yeah. and use the infrastructure that it has, um, I... I and make the services shorter. <laughs> That'd be great. And make the services shorter. I think that that there's ripe opportunity for us to not be in a post-church America. I think it is. Yes. Okay. So uh, we have another segment uh, hosted by yours truly, Yaya, called the Moon Reading. And so you're listening to the Moon Reading. We are recording Friday, September 13th the day before September 14th, full moon in Pisces. 
In the same way that the movements of the celestial bodies affect our seasons and perceptions of time and change, so do they affect our human mind, bodies, and emotions. During this full moon, be passive and sensitive to your possible insecurities. Wait them out, watch them without judgment, to understand them and better master them. Also, keep on the radar September 23rd's Autumn Equinox. Be in tune with the season of change as we welcome the darkest part of ourselves. If you're angry, feel that. If you're feeling sad, cry. Now's the time to move with intent. Do not be afraid of the dark. To keep the conversation going, tell us what you think by following us on Instagram or Twitter at Real Talk on God Talk. I love me some Jesus. You me too much. That's crazy. <laughs> That's on the next episode. It's the moon reading. I rock with you, Yaya. It's all love. They better listen to this advice. We good. You crazy, girl. This is what this show is about, all right? We With keep the it real. real and real talk. The God in God talk. And that's right.